Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. And here we explore life, death, consciousness and what it all means. Today, I have Rabbi Wayne Dosick joining me. Rabbi Dosick is the founder and spiritual guide of the Elijah Minion, bringing spiritual Judaism and Jewish renewal to San Diego. Rabbi Dosick is a dynamic, inspiring, and loving educator, writer, spiritual guide, and healer who teaches and counsels about faith and spirit, ethical values, life transformations, and evolving human consciousness. He has been described as a rational intellect with the soul of a mystic, and he has been called one of the most gifted teachers of our generation who understands the mindset, needs, and yearnings of people and responds to this intellectual and inner searching in peerless fashion. Recently, he has been called a spiritual master of our time. Welcome, Rabbi Dasik, to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Amy. That was lovely, lovely introduction. Uh, my late father would be so proud and my late mother wouldn't believe it. So thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to thank those of you who are supporting the show via Patreon. I literally could not do this without you. It means so much to me to have any sort of support for the show, but really the financial support is super helpful to me right now. I'm an independent podcaster. This is all being funded by me. So anything you can do to help that, if you love listening to the show, if you love the content I'm creating, if you love the guests that I'm having on, please support the show. I have amazing, amazing guests continuing to come on the show. I'm so excited. I've grown the most month over month in the past three months. And that is because of all of you sharing the podcast, telling people about it. So thank you so much. Uh, We had our second quarterly Ask Amy Anything in March. So that was for Patreon supporters only. And the topics were really heavy this time, but wonderful and necessary to talk about. And we talked about everything that's going on in the world, both from a spiritual and psychological perspective. And together, we tried to make meaning of all of this. So our next Ask Amy Anything will be in June. So if you are not a supporter of the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Amy Robbins and support me and the show. And again, it helps so, so much. And if you could also take just a minute to share the show with your friends and family and anybody you think would love it, you can do that anywhere you get your podcast. Just click on share this link or copy this link. Uh, and send it to, I don't know, three, four, five, 10 people who you think would love the show. So you can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can watch me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel, and you can sign up for my newsletter on my website. Again, all of these things are great ways to help. You can also rate and review the podcast. Anything you can do to support the show, I am so, so grateful The growth I know is going to help me in some way. I'm not exactly sure how yet, but I know it will. And uh, thank you all for listening. And here's this week's episode. Well, and we are going to talk today about your new book, Radical Loving, One God, One World, One People, Uh, a book I would say maybe we need now more than ever. Um, And we've needed a book like this for a long time, so what help help me understand help all of us understand from the perspective of god 
what is happening right now in this world? From the gut, well, <laughs> I, I, I can't actually speak for God. Not for but, God, but like but, your understanding of how God would understand what's happened. Right. God said to us, hello, my, my precious children, my precious, precious children, and I love you all. And I don't play favorites. I like all of you. I love all of you um, equally. Uh, I don't care what you call me. And I really don't care how you approach me. Come quietly, come in song, come in a widely decorated way or a very uh, quiet and, and um, narrow way. I don't care how you come. Just come to me and we'll be one big family. And not only that, but I've given you all a set of rules, a set of behavior in how you can get along with each other. After all, I created you. I know you well. And I know you deeply. You get mad at each other and you fight with each other over who loves me more and whom I love more. I love you all equally. And I hope you will love each other. So that's what's, that's what's happened. We haven't followed the rules and when you don't follow the rules, there are consequences. And the consequences are, instead of getting along with each other and loving each other and, and building up the world and making it a better place to live, and, um, and you've, uh, you've, you've messed up, kids. You really have. And this is a call. This is really a call to consciousness. And there is one world, the world in which we live. And you better get it together quickly because there's far more that unites you than divides you. And you better get it together quickly and know that and act that way, lest you all perish together, because that's what you could do to yourselves. And that would be heartbreaking for me, your parent, and for you, the precious children of the universe. Hmm. So right now, is this sort of figure, which it sounds like is really, as you describe it, without judgment. It's just sort of like shaking his, her, their head at us. Like you have not, you have not kind of fulfilled why you were created. Correct. And what is that? Why were we created? We were created to be God's co-creative partner. God made this beautiful land, this beautiful earth, this beautiful planet, and uh, said, be my caretakers. I'm creating human beings on earth to be my partners. And I'm going to give them this plan to keep the earth beautiful, continually growing in its consciousness and its knowing. So God created and gave us this incredible uh, world, this incredible land and sea and forest and sky, and said, take care of it for me. We'll do it together. We'll make it even better than it is. And needless to say, uh, we haven't done a very good job. Mm -hmm. So let me back up. I probably should have started with this question. But what is God? Well, it's not what is God, it's who is God. Who is God? What is, is a God? God? Who is God? God, God is the, the power 
that creates and guides and maintains the universe and everything in it, life and death is in God's hands alone. You can, you can, God forbid, violate the process and kill yourself, I guess. Um, you can violate the process and begin to kill this earth. Uh, you know, it's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. A, 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 a chimney in, in Pittsburgh that spews smoke, they breathe that smoke in Paris. Mm-hmm. And, and a dolphin that, um, that or a whale that ingests a plastic bottle in Seattle will die of that ingestion in Mexico. It's all united. It's all connected. It's all united. So Robert Jastrow, the late Robert Jastrow, who was the head of NASA, great scientist, said something like, uh, the, uh, we scientists uh, climb the mountain, climb the mountain for a century, and, and, um, and we finally get to the top, and we look over the top, and there are the theologians who've been sitting there for centuries. When, you know, I think that there's this real, like, quest right now. It's probably always been this way, but I only have this frame of reference. For science to really um, prove, prove spirituality. But what you're saying, like, to prove that there is a God, to prove that there is life after death. But what you're saying is that once science has proven that, it's only proven what has already existed. It's not creating that proof. Correct. Okay. Absolutely correct. The way I the way I picture it is that the world is like a ladder. So we begin at the very bottom of the ladder with now let's call them Adam and Eve. Could be anybody, anything. So keep climbing, keep climbing, keep climbing. And then you get eventually, what's the goal? You get to the very top. And what's the very top? The very top is a world of perfection. Now, uh, in Judaism, we call that Mashiachvelt, the days of the Messiah. Christianity calls it the second coming. There's a, I'm sorry, I can't remember right now, but there's a, a word in Islam for that place. Hinduism uh, is nirvana. Now, I'm from Chicago originally. You're from mm-hmm. Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you. I don't know about your generation. But in my generation, when we drew, drew hopscotch on the, on the sidewalk with chalk, we drew, drew one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And what did you call the top? It was a cloud. Sky, mm-hmm. sky blue, maybe? That's sky it. blue. Absolutely. Yeah. Only people from Chicago know that, but <laughs> we know it. Sky blue. <laughs> We called it sky blue. That was, to us, the height of success. That, that was perfection. I'm so proud that I could even remember that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that, that name stuck in my head forever. And I, I call that, to take it away from any kind of religious energy, I call it sky blue. Mm-hmm. That's our goal, to get there. And we have control over how high we climb the ladder. And we have control over whether we choose to go to war or not. And once in a while, something will come along over which we seemingly have no control, like Corona. Mm -hmm. And then we use our brilliance to leap over rungs of the ladder and pluck out a vaccine, 
within a short time instead of a long time. So can you tell me a bit about what you talk about in the book, your mystical spiritual tools, and how we can maybe incorporate some of these in our everyday life and existence? Because I think people are needing more tools now to help them navigate kind of this this crazy world that we're living in. Yes, I offer a spiritual toolbox, which is not mine. I uh, have adapted it from the teachings of the 16th century uh, Kabbalists in Israel and the 18th, 19th century Hasidim in Eastern Europe. Um, And there are a number of ways to to do this. The first is don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Bible, the Hebrew Bible and the, the New Testament, in one grammatical form or another, the words don't be afraid is used over 350 times. Why do we use it? Because people were afraid. Mm-hmm. And so don't be afraid. I'm glad you asked this. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> um, we of the modern world are pretty good at a communal relationship with God. We can go into synagogue or church or mosque, read the words of the prayer book where it says, thank you, God. Praise you, God. I'm asking you, God. We're pretty good at that as as a community. And you go and you say the same words as everybody else in the community is saying. What we're very bad at, particularly we Jews, and I'm ashamed, but that's the truth. We're very bad at creating a deep, personal, personal, intimate, loving relationship with God. And it doesn't have to be, does it have to be God or could it just be a higher power? Call it whatever you wish. Okay. Call it whatever you wish. We, we create this kind of relationship, but it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's wondrous. And it could be frightening. You know, how do I go talk to God? Well, religions have made it frightening. Because Mm -hmm. men, and I say this purposefully, men have made it awesome so the men who are running the joint can can have the power that goes with running the joint. But it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. It can be sweet pillow talk because you are in the deepest relationship possible. You don't want to have an awesome, untouchable relationship with your spouse. You don't want to have an awesome, untouchable relationship with your children. You don't want to have an awesome, untouchable relationship with God. People think that prayer has is only one way. You pray or you talk to God, and God listens. But that's only half of prayer because God talks to you, and you listen. Mm-hmm. That's what the ancients called prophecy. Mm -hmm. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, walking down the street. Hey, yo, Isaiah, come on, I want to talk to you, says God. Well, if you open yourself enough and try to become a big enough channel, a big enough vessel, God says, yo, Amy, come here, I want to talk to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're saying to yourself right now, or your listeners, our listeners, hi, 
Are we on video or audio? I don't both. Know. Oh, both. hi. Both. Yeah. So you're you're all saying to yourself, "What are you talking about? God's going to come to me and say, "Yo, come listen to me." Yes. Yeah. Mm. You just have to open the channel enough. So, and how do we distinguish the voice of God from the voice of our what goes on in our own heads all day? Well, if you hone your head, then more and more you'll be listen, be able to listen to God. Mm-hmm. First of all, God would never ever say tell you to tell you anything that would be harmful to you, mm-hmm. right? And God would never do anything or tell you anything that would be harmful to anyone else, right? Look, each one of us is created in the image of God. Not the physical image, but the spiritual image of God. And when you look into the mirror, you see not only the face of Amy, but you see the face of God. And if that's the case, then every other human being is a reflection of the face of God also. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what... In Sanskrit, they mean by saying namaste. The divine in me acknowledges the divine in you. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a convenience store and the teenage clerk can't make change for a dollar bill without using a little calculator, or if you go into a bank and you're in a hurry and the clerk is, the, the teller is taking forever and ever, and you get frustrated and angry at these people, you say to yourself, in that person, reflecting in that person is the face of God. And if you see the face of God, there's only one possible response. That response is love. Mm -hmm. I see you, I love you. Mm. I see you, I love you, because you are the face of God. It doesn't mean you are God. You have the aspects and the attributes and the manifestations of God. So what but do I can't do hate with you. I can't fear you. I can't be angry at you. So I can what do we you. do with those feelings of frustration or anger or whatever they are? Well, you're only situation. human. Of course you're going to feel them. Right. Of course you're going to feel them. Yeah. And you say, okay, I'm angry today. Why am I angry? Oh, you're the therapist. You know this. No, I know. This is why. I, mean, I like to ask these questions because I know what, what, you know, the flip side of this is, is okay. Right. So I feel this and you as a therapist tell me, don't repress my feelings. So what do I do with the fact that I notice that I'm feeling frustrated that it's, you know, taking this person a long time or, you know, they're driving slow or, you know, whatever it is, they didn't, you know. Right. So you, you use some of the, some more of the spiritual tools. So first of all, there's spiritual intention. The Hebrew word is kavana, kavana. There's spiritual intention. I want to be in this relationship with God. I want to talk to God and have God talk to me. There is the notion of going deep inside and saying to God, can I be a reflection of some of your great qualities? Can I be compassionate? Can I be kind? Can I be good? Can I do what is right? Can I do what is just? I got angry yesterday at the clerk in the convenience store, but I know, God, you wouldn't get angry. So please 
give me a small measure of your attributes so that tomorrow when I think I'm getting angry, I say, how would God behave? Mm. Right? You have to go to a place so deep inside that you burn your own ego and say, thy will be done. Right? So, and you have to be in ecstasy. You have to be in ecstasy. Say, what a great world this is. How happy I am. How joyous I am. I serve God and I serve human, my fellow human beings in joy. And at the same time, you have to be silent. The sounds of silence. Mm -hmm. You have to be silent because when you're silent, you go into the void. The void sounds like a bad thing, but the void is really a very good thing. Because when you plant a seed, you plant it in the great darkness of the earth. That's the void. When you plant a baby in a womb, it's the darkest place. But that out of, out of that, new life will come. And the void that surrounds the heavenly throne, the metaphoric heavenly throne, is a dark place, but out of that comes creation. So we say to ourselves, well, how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? Well, we recognize that in, in, the, in the Bible, I, Isaiah uh, says, well, what are the heavenly, they're called the seraphim. They, uh, they surround the heavenly throne. And all day, they, what do they do? I mean, you know, you're standing around God. What do you do? What do you do? So all day they yell, kadosh, 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 sanctus, 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 holy, holy, holy. And that creates the love vibration. And the love vibration vibrates and comes to earth and fills our hearts. Now, we spiral that love vibration back to the heavens. So it becomes a spiral between us and God of love. What if we sent out a hate vibration? What if we continually sent out an anger vibration? Sort of seems like that's what we're doing. That's right. That's what we're doing right now. So part of this book and part of this interview and part of everything that I teach is Send the love, take in the love vibration, spiral it, and take it out. And take mm -hmm. it. So um, you're probably a little too young to remember this, but in 1987, 1987. I am not, but I appreciate that. Let's see where you're going with that. So in 1987, <laughs> we had this thing called the harmonic convergence. I don't know if you remember this or not. No, this the harmonic I don't convergence remember. was a bunch of us said, "Let's stand around the earth one day, hold hands, and sing songs, and we'll bring peace to the earth." We are course, the world? Was the it we world, are the world? No, this, this is before that. So the world laughed at us. <laughs> you fools. You're going to sing songs and you're going to repeat to the world? Well, yeah. Because within two years, the Soviet Union fell. All the satellite countries fell. Blacks and whites began riding the bus together in Johannesburg. The Berlin Wall came down. Protestants and Catholics began stopped shooting each other in Northern Ireland. And Arabs and Jews, once in a while, Arabs and Israelis, sat at a peace table. Now, did we do that because we were young people who sang songs? Probably not, except we sent a love vibration into the world, and a love vibration 
circled the world and came back to us. Send hate, send fear, send anger. That's what will return to you. Send love, send love, send love. That's what will return. So that's the message. Love, love, love. The more we love, radical loving. The more we love, the more we send out the love vibration, the more it spirals and circles the earth and comes into the hearts of everyone. You know, people say to me, what do you pray with this crazy stuff going on with Ukraine and the Soviet Union, or the Russia, mm -hmm. the old Soviet mm -hmm. Union? And my prayer is, God, soften Putin's heart. Mm. Let him not have a hard heart, but soften his heart. Let the love vibration come to him hmm. and let him understand that power and wealth and greed don't come from armies. Power comes from the power of love. Wow. I, I mean, it seems to me like we, like getting together and singing songs can't hurt us at right. this point. You know, somebody once came to me and said, you know, you Jews have a prayer for peace. You say it at every one of your services, three times a day, for thousands of years, and there's no peace. So what good's your prayer? And my answer is, if everyone in the world said a prayer for peace at the exact same moment, for that moment alone, we would have peace. Because mm -hmm. you can't shoot a gun when you're praying for peace. Mm -hmm. And one moment could turn into two, and two could turn into four. So... People will call me naive, idealistic. I've been called the California granola bar, all fruits, flakes, and nuts. Mm -hmm. um, I've been called a 60s idealist, and I am. Anybody who says any of those things, you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. But how's it worked up till now? What have we done yeah. up till now except except continue to fight with each other, continue to move borders for a little bit of land power and a little bit more wealth in cemeteries and fill those cemeteries with the best and brightest of our young men and now women who go to fight for, a, for a, an idea that really is for the power of the one who sent them to fight. So let me, I want to pivot and just ask you this question. I have a lot of questions that we're just not going to get to today, but this question. I'll come back. I'm having a good time. <laughs> I know. I love, I, I love everybody I interview. Um, it's a very blessed position to be in, to have these amazing conversations. What do you believe happens to us when we die? When we die, our bodies are put in earth and disintegrate because they are simply the vessels of the soul. The soul returns to God who made it. The soul is eternal. And the soul goes, now this, is, this becomes my own theology, but mm -hmm. you know, take it for what it is. Mm -hmm. The first thing that happens is there is a welcoming party. Everybody you knew on earth whom you loved come, welcomes you to, your, to the other side. Then there's what we call a life review. Mm -hmm. This is not like the, uh, the image of a heavenly tribunal 
putting out all your good deeds, all your bad deeds, all your whatever, for voting whether you get into heaven or not. It is your own life review to see how you handled all the karmic issues you brought with you, all the kinds of things that you did right, all the kinds of things that you want to improve upon in this lifetime. Now, the, the life review can take days, weeks. Uh, you can imagine that Hitler's life review is taking a whole lot longer and probably still isn't finished. And then you hang out. It hit a lot of people to go through to see how it felt. Right, exactly. To, to do what he did. And then you get to hang out in the heavenly realms where, where you rise up on what we call Madre Goat, on steps, higher and higher. And it just means that you become lighter and lighter because you become more and more enlightened. You remember the mysteries of the universe that you forgot when you came to earth. Mm. Uh, and uh, more and more of the mysteries are revealed to you. And then you get the choice of what you want to do. You, you, uh, you and God make a contract for your soul for your mission. So you may want to hang around the heavenly realms for decades, for centuries. You may want to um, reincarnate and uh, come to body and earth again. You may want to take assignments in other realms. You may want to um, um, help new souls coming into the, the, the other side to adjust. All kinds of things that you can do. And that's uh, your choice. It's a free will universe. And you and God together make the contract for whatever your mission is going to be next. So how do you understand that in terms of Judaism? Well, unfortunately, Judaism um, doesn't have a single, well, fortunately or unfortunately, Judaism doesn't have a single response. My friend, Father O'Leary, deep, deep friend of mine, Said, always says to me, I have it much easier. I go into a, a house of mourning or a house where there's been uh, somebody who just died, and I say, do not worry because your loved one's soul is with Jesus, receiving the reward he, she earned on earth. Mm. It's a simple answer. I don't have a simple answer. Mm -hmm. um, I have an answer that dead is dead. It's not very comforting, but it's an answer. Mm-hmm. I have an answer that um, that your your loved one will live on through memory. Mm -hmm. It's good, except two, three, four generations from now when no one remembers him or her anymore, what do you do? Come back. <laughs> you, know, you can come back. Um, uh, I have the notion that you can you can um, live on through the the lives of those whom you touch. I have the notion that you can hang out the heavenly realms and do the kinds of things that we were just talking about. And I have the notion that in, in um, the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah calls it Gilgul Hanefesh, the rolling of the soul, literally, which is reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Then you come back in, um, into this earth or into some other realms of the universe um, in, in a conscious form like you would be here or in a different kind of form that you would be somewhere else. Interesting. I never really dug deep enough to, I mean, I know that I've always felt so much comfort in the death process being Jewish and the, um, the way in which certainly throughout your lifetime, you, the milestones and how they're um, celebrated or memorialized or whatever it is. 
but I never thought about it from the perspective that you just explained. So thank you that there's that there's all of these potential options. Well, there's there is the soul, and the soul is eternal, and the soul, the eternal soul, has choices since it's a free will universe, mm -hmm. has choices. Um, you know, and sometimes God says, listen, I have this mission for you, and I'd really like you to do it. And the soul says, nah, it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. Mm -hmm. Wow, so much to think about, Rabbi. Thank you so much for your time today. We didn't even get to parenting and spirituality and everyday life so much. So I might have to have you back for uh, I would be delighted another conversation. Um, I'd be delighted. If you people... are a very, very good interviewer. Oh, I'd be delighted to, to respond to your questions again. Thank you. Um, for people who are interested, your new book out now is Radical Loving, One God, One World, One People. And where can people find you if they're interested in learning about your work and, and your just inspiring talks? I could have listened for hours. You're very kind. Uh, the website for this book is, so, is RadicalLovingBook.com. RadicalLovingBook.com. There's also out there RabbiWayneDosick.com. And the book's available on Amazon, on BarnesandNoble.com, on Book ways.com um anywhere you can buy a book anywhere you can buy a book <laughs> you, you can get it and um and here's another thing that you know i believe that chance chance are different from words chance mm -hmm. goes deep into your being and there's a, an energy of the universe and energy of god that are in chance Wordless melodies are a few words to a melody. And um, every once in a while, when you need that chant, it'll just bubble up in you. So we made, uh, along with the book, we made a, mm. I know it's, your this generation doesn't know the word I know CD. What, I know what a CD is. My okay, children don't CD. know what a CD is. Uh, it's also on a download. You can get it from the website. And we have about 22 chants. Um, mm. that you can listen to, or you, you can buy. But there are four or five chants on the website that you li can listen to, as we used to say in the old South Side of Chicago, free for nothing. And mm -hmm. um, so, for example, the theme song of this book is One God, One World, One People, One God, One World, One People, One God, One World, One People, Eden on Earth, One God, One World, One People, One God, One World, One People, one God, one world, one people, eating on earth. Sing that to yourself enough. And then when you're driving in the car and some jerk cuts you off in traffic, instead of pounding the steering wheel in frustration, you can say, with greatest love. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Rabbi, for your time today. Perfect Somebody time. wants me. Yes. Maybe it's God Perfect calling. Timing. Hello, God. Oh, God. God, time's <laughs> up. You guys are done. Um, if So everybody, everything will be in the show notes. And um, I would love for you to come back on and maybe we could talk about par parenting or ordinary spirituality and everyday life. There was so much more in this book to cover. Each chapter could have been its own podcast. So thank you so much, Rabbi. And um, we'll definitely be in touch soon. You're very kind. Thank you so much. 
Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.